welcome to Better Done Than Perfect, a podcast for SaaS founders and product people. This season, we talk about customer success, and our guest today is Scott Tversky, the founder of MenuPro and iMenuPro. These tools have been out there for 27 years, and today we're going to decompose that story. This show is brought to you by Userlist, the best way for SaaS founders to send onboarding emails, segment your users based on events, and see where your customers get stuck in the product. Start your free trial today at userlist.com. Hey, Scott. Hi, Jane. Thanks for inviting me on the show. We're absolutely thrilled. I'm so excited to hear about your story and how you've unfolded your business over years and uh, went from a desktop app to web app and everything yeah, and beyond. It's a real, <laughs> it's, a real uh, it's like halt and catch fire or something. But well, we, we started back in the early 90s. Actually, I'm a co-founder. So just a correction on that, because the, pro, the company was started with me and my friend and fellow programmer, Arnie Cushing. We both developed a DOS program called Menus Deluxe for a local Italian restaurant owner. And this guy, um, he was from Italy. He had uh, like thousands of specials and he, his wait staff would basically forget to tell the customer what, was, you know, what he was offering and he got really frustrated. So he wanted to be able to print these specials every night and he needed you know, some kind of program to do that, like a, have, like a database of the specials and then be able to just crank out the menus. So we did that and uh, he ended up liking it so much, we thought, well, maybe we can sell it. So we took out a small space classified ad in Restaurant News for like $150. And we sold the first copy in 1994 for actually about the same price. It was like $149, I think that's what it started at. And I'm going to skip over a lot here. 27 years later, <laughs> that, that DOS program has evolved into iMenu Pro, which is essentially the online app version of the original idea with a, a huge amount of new stuff added in. But it's basically the same, you know, the same concept. There's a, there's a food list. You, you pick the items you want, and uh, the program automatically creates the menu. Yeah, I've been really lucky. Uh, there's so many years, but I've been really fortunate to get help from a number of talented people besides Arnie including the engineer I hired. I hired a guy from Odesk to uh, port it to the web because I knew nothing about web programming that time, Alvin Koo, and he was just absolute genius. So uh, that was really fortunate of me. My daughter, who did a lot of the original artwork, and my son, who is now the chief engineer, who I couldn't really run the business without. So just want to give them a shout out. That's where we are today. Still a very you know, skeleton-type crew. But with the advent of the web version, we just we have a much bigger user base. So hopefully I can uh, share some tips about how that happened. Just curious, your first product, MenuPro, it's on the domain name softcafe.com. What is the background behind that name? Right. That is the official name of our business. It's Soft Cafe. And we sold MenuPro through that for you know decades. But when 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 the web app won was going to come out, we decided, well, we really should just, you know, it makes more sense to have a new domain that fits the, the app name. That's all. But it's, it's so we left the, the old one up there. It's still for sale. You know, you can buy like, you know, you can buy vintage cars, you can buy vintage, vintage software, but actually uh, people still want to, we still do sell it. It's, um, 
most people have adjusted to the web, but there's some people that are still, you know, they'd rather just run the software on their on their desktop. They don't want to be connected to the internet. They don't want to pay a monthly fee. So we do still sell it, but we, we're not really actively updating that. All the all the new stuff is going into the web app version. So it's been since 2014 that you switched to the web format. Yep, correct. Did right. you really change the product much? I think we we did enough. Well, well, yes, yes, and no. When it when it first started, it was more similar, but it's been growing and you know evolving, and uh, kind of has a mind of its own there. So uh, you know, it's like like Reed Hoffman said, permanent beta. We're we're just we're just always adding stuff. Like with the pandemic, we had to, you know, restaurants. No one, everyone's freaking out. They didn't want to touch a menu, so we we added the QR feature that lets them, you know, offer a QR code and people can scan their menus. And we added the live sync feature because of you know, so much social media. So now they can they can sync up their printed menu with all the web menus that wherever they're posted and they just change change it once and all the menus change, you know, like magic. So that's a big deal. None of that was available on the desktop version. So those are pretty big differences. But the basic concept is still... The same. You you, know, you have a list of foods, you drag them over to a menu, and the program does everything else. So that, yeah, that was the same concept. As a designer with a rich past, <laughs> I did design a couple menus uh, like a lot of years ago, and it is not an easy task. How no. do you automate that? It took a lot of time. <laughs> it's a lot of math involved, and it's uh, it gets even more complicated because the underlying operating systems in the web browsers all do the math a little different. Uh, so if you're not careful, you can open up your, let's say someone decided to do an HTML, you can open up your HTML menu in Chrome and then switch over to Firefox, and it might be slightly different just because of the way they do all the measurements of the text metrics and the fonts and stuff. So we came up with a solution to solve that back in the desktop days, and uh, we applied a similar solution to the web app version. And that's, I can't really, I don't really want to say what that is because it's sort of like a hidden secret, but I'm um, just, it's tricky. So it's not, yeah, it looks, it looks kind of easy. I think your technology that does that sort of a note layout engine, it's it's patented, is it right? Yeah, the, well, we yeah we really we got a patent two years ago on uh, some of that process. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's start back with your target audience. What kind of it's, it's it's obvious that you serve restaurant owners and such, but what's the ideal customer profile? It is independent restaurant owners, aka mom and pop type places small restaurants that uh, typically don't have big budgets for hire fancy designers. But uh, we also, you know, we sell to hotels, country clubs, um, a lot of food service distributors use it as sort of a value added service where they, you know, they sell the food to the restaurant, but then they can say, Hey, we, you know, we'll make you a menu too. So that's, that's a big market for us. And surprising mm. to me is uh, a, a last one, marijuana dispensaries. That one, man, I didn't see that coming. Oh, oh! I also seen uh, spa salons there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, salons less so, but the the dispensaries, a lot of them use it. It's it's they have extensive, you know, you can get a lot of different types of varieties of pot, basically. <laughs> and so they, yeah, they love it. It's it's really great, and you know, they're usually online and stuff, so they like that aspect too. So, 
How do you come up with those use cases? Is it typically the customer who brings them to you? Yeah, you mean mean the target market? Yeah, for example, the dispensaries. Did you come up with this with this idea yourself? I didn't at all. They just all of a sudden, I, I was like, "What?" You know, I was like, couldn't believe it. But they they just found it and they saw that it was applicable. You know, and then we said, "Oh, well, let's get let's throw in some menu styles for for the potheads." You know, they they need they need menus too. So we 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 did that, but um, that wasn't anything. Yeah, that just came out of the blue. So you're solving a challenging design task for people who are not even remotely designers. Right. What are the challenges that they face with just creating their menu in general? You know, they have a lot of options. When we first started, I remember a guy, some big shot in the industry said, why, you know, why would anyone need your, your program when they can just use Word? And uh, they, they still can use Word, but it's just, you know, if you use Word, there's so many different things that have to go on, you know, the, the, the formatting of the tabs and the prices and the columns and the, then you, then you get to the artwork, you know, the accents, the backgrounds, the food symbols, it's almost impossible for a novice person to, to be able to do that in a desktop publishing program like Word or in, or InDesign is even harder. So those are great. Those are, I mean, obviously fantastic programs, but for menus, like you said, it's, it's tricky. And another group, a similar group of products has now emerged, uh, Canva. I'm sure you're, you're familiar with Canva. Definitely. Yeah, the infographic type people. And, and those are also you know, fantastic programs and they have menu templates, but they're not really, they're really not, they're borderline useless because with a template, you're stuck typing the content into the template. But as soon as you want to sort of make any changes, you get more or less content, um, you want to move things around, you're just, you're stuck with a bunch of floating text boxes on a grid and things start overwriting each other and it gets it gets really, you know, really unusable. And we do not take that approach at all. We don't, we don't have actual templates. We have what we call menu styles. And those styles are really just blueprints on on where stuff should go like we 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 they come with fonts and they come with you know colors and palettes and accent designs but when you when you drag the item over and and it hits the menu we we take care of all the formatting and within those menu styles you can customize everything you can you you can change the colors or fonts or the indenting or any of those things but you start off with with the style and that's a big difference than a can template which oftentimes looks beautiful, but it's just not very feasible for restaurants who they, they're in there, you know, they're changing stuff nightly, the food costs change and they, things, things disappear off the menu. And so they have to make a lot of fast changes. So they need something that, you know, not, it's not going to take them so long to learn and, and figure out like these, these templates. We're basically less of a headache for them really at the end of the day. So you have a gigantic library of styles. How has that grown over the years? Where do you find inspiration? Who is producing those? Well, there's a couple of websites that there used to be one called, I think, Art of the Menu, which had some amazing, it was basically some graphic designers who just posted some of the most interesting menus in the, in the world, really. It was sort of a global thing. We looked at a lot of those and I hired a bunch of people from the Rhode Island School of Design, one of the best design schools in the country. Who my, my daughter went there as well, and you know, I hired them to do some new styles. 
when we switched over to the web version to kind of modernize it. But just, yeah, just keeping our eyes open, you know, looking around, going about it that way. But we, we don't, compared to someone like the apps like Canva and these other, these other apps that have templates, we actually have a lot less styles than templates. I mean, some of these people have like 5,000 templates and I, I always just sort of wonder, I don't, I don't know who wants to sift through 5,000 templates to try to find <laughs> a menu, right? So I think our approach is better because, you know, we have, we have enough, enough stuff to change, but then once they get in there, they can make the changes and really customize it versus the template, which you're just sort of stuck with a canned template. Do you ever explore what your users arrive at as a result of your app? Or is it? <laughs> no, all the time, because we, you know, we're a small company. We, we're, in the, we're in there at the ground level for support, and we see what they're doing. And sometimes, literally, I've seen things that are so good, I don't even recognize the product. And I mean, but sometimes they're horrible. It's like, <laughs> the, the horrible ones are the ones that make me, you know, wonder what have we done wrong? You know, it's like we work so hard to make sure that they got, you know, they get these beautiful designs and someone will change the font, you know, and use all caps on a font that's not designed for all caps or something like that. And, you know, it looks, it looks horrible, but yeah, many times they just come out beautiful. It's just, it's, it's very heartwarming to see somebody really that knows what they're doing, do, do a good job. I'm curious, do you have uh, your own preferences? Like when you s- come to a restaurant and sit down and see a menu, <laughs> is it like yeah. a professional deformation? Do you <laughs> evaluate that? I do. Well, yeah, I'm always, yeah, I definitely can't. So what's your sentiment? <laughs> you know, my, my sentiment is that I might, this might sound funny, but I think there's an overemphasis on, you don't really need a fancy design. In other words, you, you need a clear a clear presentation that's, you know, that looks, still looks good, but at the end of the day, it's your food that's going to make the restaurant successful. Not, I mean, you can't save your restaurant with a fancy graphic. So although a lot of these templates that are showing up now are really elaborate and that, you know, they're, I don't even think, I don't even think a good restaurant needs that, but they, they need something. In other words, it's more important that they can, that it's clear and it's changeable fast than, an amazing design. That, that's what I would say. One of the recipes for succeeding with audiences who are not technically brilliant, I don't know how to say that without offending people, no, but uh, is, is to keep your features limited, options limited, and just overall not bloating up the product. On the opposite side, you mentioned that you always keep adding more, expanding more. How right. do these two balance out? Yeah, that is a really great question because you're absolutely right what you said. And I think feature creep, which we try to avoid, does sometimes get the best of us. And we we have a feature in there now. I don't even want to say it, but we just be joke about it all the time because it was such a ridiculous thing we added. But we put it in for one guy and, and there it is. We can't really take it out. But, um, but no, well, because the reason how we avoid that is the mechanics of making the menu that process, we, we didn't really change very much. We added other stuff, like we live synced the menu to your website and to social media and the QR codes. And those are additional sort of supplemental. They're almost like their own little programs. So we, we kept and we try to keep the basic operating procedure the same. I mean, anyone that it's, it's, it's 27 years. 
I think we must have done something. We must have kept it pretty close because you know we we have a, we have a lot of old customers from Menu Pro switching over to the the web app version. They're able to use it fine. So um, the UI even is even still based on you know kind of old school uh, desktop menu window setup as opposed to you know a lot of these new apps they. They try to rewrite the book and invent their own UI. And so when people show up, they're like, well, I, I can't even use this. You know, where's the where's the edit button? Where's the file button? So we kept it, we tried to keep it simple. And uh, yeah, just we just add the new features somewhere else. That's mm-hmm. my answer. Do you have a lot of education around your product, such as tutorials, you know, trying to teach people design, or is it just, you know, all inside your product, they sit down, they see the product and they just build the menu and that's the core. We do have a a getting started video for, you know, for help onboarding, but generally we don't try to teach them any really how to make a design. We've supposedly taken that step for them already. So when they choose a style, you know, we've worked out a lot of the design issues and, but they're free to change anything within the style, which is the cool part. So, cause otherwise everybody would just have the same, you know, it, they'd have the same menu and there'd be no originality. We don't really focus too much on teaching people how to be designers. Cause I think that's, that's should be built in enough to where, you know, they get that end product and it looks good. Where do your customers come from? Is it word of mouth or, I don't know, content marketing? <laughs> we do a lot of Google advertising. We used to, when we started, it was, we, you know, like we started in magazines because the internet was just sort of, that just started taking off at that point, 1994. But we, yeah, we spend a lot of money on Google AdWords, which, which is interesting because I, I just listened to a Freakonomics podcast about that. And there's really, it's actually very little proof that Google AdWords work, which is might be surprising for some people to hear. And, I, and I've never been able to prove it myself, but yet, yet we still do it. So, but it's mostly just the web, you know, it's people searching. We're pretty high in the SEO, you know, organic search for you type in menu maker or menu template or something like that. We're way up there. So that's how they find us. Um, and some, yeah, word of mouth, a lot of repeat customers from the, from the old days of the desktop app has helped. So as you moved to the web version, now you operate on a subscription pricing model. And yes. you mentioned that that's a benefit to your business. What's your observation? Do people mostly stick around for a while and use your app like regularly? Or is it come and go pattern? How does it work? They do stick around some of them, but I mean, we have a, maybe a typical churn rate, you know, we're not, it's not horrible. It's not the greatest, but restaurants themselves are sort of susceptible to their own churn and they, they often close, you know, restaurants fold quite a bit. And with the pandemic, I mean, they just got wiped out. It was, oh my God, it was, it was terrible. And uh, we tried to help them. We offered a lot of free months of service and they would write in and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're dying over here what can you do? And we, we did help, but we still lost our subscriber base went down during the pandemic, but it's slowly coming back. And it's, I think it's about back where it was when, when it started. Um, That's so great to hear that yeah. the industry is recovering and your business right. is recovering. Yes. Yeah. That was a little scary there because we didn't really know, but surprisingly, a lot of pe- a lot of them stuck around. So I was really happy to see that. So I, yes, yeah, so I think, 
you know, we see there's seasonal restaurants that, that come and go and we, we let people, if they, if they've been a, what we call a long-term customer, six months or more, we, we hold their data forever so they can come and go as they please. But there's even people that sign up to make their spouse a menu on, you know, their birthday or something. So we get, we get some odd, <laughs> uh, yeah, some odd and still some students use it for classes and stuff. So those people don't really stick around. Tell me how you use the free trial. So you have no card up front. Can the user generate a menu entirely for free or do they have to sign up? Yeah, that it's the free trial is basically they can use the app as much as they want for as long as they want. We don't want to collect the information purposely because uh, I think, you know, people are hardwired to value convenience. So they, they, and I think, I don't know about you, but I'm really sick of every thing I do requiring is long sign up thing. And, you know, in the end, I just think I'm going to be spammed. So, so we, we did that on purpose, but they can't, they, they can do everything except print the menu. Mm -hmm. So they, they can't, I hope trial is the right word. I guess it's more like a test drive, I suppose, but they can, mm -hmm. you know, they can, they can try it out and see how it works and add a few items in there and, you know, change the menu style and basically get, get the gist of it before before signing up. That was a huge difference for us because in the old days, you know, I don't know if you remember, but having a demo, the, the demo with the desktop apps was mm -hmm. pretty, pretty mm -hmm. clunky, right? You know, you'd get this, maybe you get a time period or something and it was some elaborate installation code and stuff. And we, we never, it never really worked for us. So we always wanted to have something that just to say, here it is, you know, try it. If you like it, use it. If you don't, don't use it. So it's, That's what we have. What are your key mistakes and things you've learned the hard way over the years? Ah, oh, that is a, so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell us, what can yeah. other people avoid? <laughs> well, I think in my case, I believe that it's probably just my personality, but I've tried to do too many things myself. I mean, we sell a DIY product. And I'm sort of a DIY guy, and that that can be a mistake. You know, I should really hire people. <laughs> but I've I've learned to do a lot of stuff like fairly well. Uh, you know, like a jack of all trades, master of none type of situation. But I'm trying to think of the other mistakes we've made. Um, we tried other products uh, in the desktop days. We had a few other products. We had a scheduling program. Uh, we had a a cocktail recipe program. Stuff that other things that might appeal to our customer base and they, none of them really worked out. Um, but that's not really, I mean, you got to try stuff. So that's not really a huge mistake. I don't know. Let me think about that some more while you ask me other, other questions. <laughs> back to you. As you mentioned delegation or what parts do you think should definitely be delegated as soon as you have budget? Well, marketing and somebody handling the Google AdWords, because that's really complicated. It's, it's a lot more complicated than people think. But uh, yeah, I think that might be one of the mistakes that we made was not really farming out some of the marketing. And I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a marketer. I'm not just a programmer. And I mean, I tried to do the best I could, but I think that's an area, you know, and somebody in charge of maybe even the onboarding thing, uh, because I know that's what you're, you have a product that assists in that. And um, 
that's a big that's a big thing and i and i'm not sure we're doing the best job we can with that so those two areas i think are are super important yeah and well support support is huge when i contact a company and i and i get i want to know i want to get the right answer you know so with us we we're all engineers and we we're able to give the correct answer because we we know the app inside and out but i think it's frustrating when uh yeah you contact a company for support and you don't you know you can't get really like a side answer or somebody doesn't really know what's going on so it's good to have very good support people too i guess how large is your support team do you qualify your business as a high support volume one no i mean well no i don't we're we're small everything we do is small so that's why i i hesitate to if anyone's going to get anything out of this i'm not sure how they're going to translate that to scale but um <laughs> we're yeah we're yeah we're really small and so we're sort of all all doing support basically it's like everybody's everybody's emptying the trash type of thing so um the amount of support we get no we we did spend we spent an inordinate amount of time because of our size working on the documentation the help docs and really focusing on the feedback to make sure we don't get the support so we we wanted to reduce the level of support so we actually get very little support compared to the number of people using our app and i think that mm-hmm. that's a testament to all the work we we put into making sure everything's in the documents if someone actually wants to dig down into it which very few people do but you know and but mainly just the way the program works you know do that will they understand this you know will will this be clear and and that type of thing so yeah our goal is really whenever we add anything new we're always talking about you know well, what about support we we can't do that because then everyone's just going to ping us on support saying how does this work type of thing what should other founders know if they decide to work with the hospitality industry well it's a pretty wild west industry i like the customers but they're a lot of them are sort of off the wall and uh you know they come at you pretty hard sometimes but they're in a rough business it's it's hard to run a restaurant make it successful so i guess i would say just say be open to some pretty uh, salty language and maybe a lot of character in the customers <laughs> yeah if you were to start another product would it be for the same audience oh if i start another product my god 27 years isn't that enough <laughs> do i have to start something else I mean, I would do it just because I would be piggybacking off my customer base. But sure, yeah, that would be, it's a great industry. I think there's a lot of room, you know, with, with everything changing fast and everything going to the web and the web menus and the, the online ordering and the, the QR stuff. It's, it's a huge, it's a, I mean, it's 500, over half a million restaurants in the U.S. alone. So it's a fairly big market. How do you position yourself against your competition? You're still pretty unique in your feature set, and yeah. I'm, but I'm sure there are many other menu maker programs out there. There are a few, but no one does it in, in, even remotely like we do it. So there's another, another guy who has uh, mostly templates. I think he sort of evolved in time to have kind of an editing type thing. But yeah, the big people, the big competition is ironically is just apps that existed for years like like word or and now well now canva and all those types of infographic things and we're just so different that it's not even it's not even really a, a close comparison once you 
you know, we all, we always joke and say, just go try that thing and then come back and we'll, we'll still be here when you need us because it's just not as easy to use as far as updating regularly and, you know, making the changes. So I think, well, we, and we also, our price point is, I think, less than pretty much anything, even, even Canva, which is I know, supposedly free, but then you got to pay for the, you have to add the stuff in the app. Like if you want to use one image or something, they charge you a dollar. And, but for anything that's really just dedicated to menus, we're, we are the cheapest one as well. So it's very, I mean, it's, I think it's, if a restaurant can't afford $15 a month on menu design, they might want to reconsider <laughs> their priorities or something. You know, I, I don't know how much cheaper we can go on that. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom today, Scott. What would be one ultimate recommendation, one do and one don't for our listeners when it comes to helping their customers succeed with their product? Well, I think a do would be to have everybody, and I think maybe I mentioned this before, but everybody should spend time doing support at least a couple hours a month or whatever. I mean, Amazon did this in the early days and even, you know, They had their top executives do customer support for a few hours a month. And I think the feedback you get in that in those circumstances and you really find out how your customers feel and what they like and what they don't like, I think it's just invaluable. So I would say that would be a do. Uh, don't. I know the goal is to get everybody on board as quick as possible and you know grow your user base, but I've seen companies that advertise their product is free, but it's really not free. And I, and I don't, I think it's a bit of a mistake because, you know, when the customer shows up and they might be trying it out and they find out it's really not free, you just, you know, it's crippled or you can't do a lot of the stuff. I think it, it makes them really mad and then you've lost them. So I would just say, stick with, um, you know, rein in your, your advertising claims. So they at least make sense. Yeah. Being honest in your sales and advertising, that's yeah, right. important. So where can people find you and your company online? Okay, you can find the company and the product at imenupro.com. There is a, a free version you can try. No sign up, no credit card required. So you can just get right in there and tell me how I'm doing. Me personally, there's, I'm afraid, not too much on the web. I keep a pretty low profile. So I would just concentrate on finding the site. <laughs> just... <laughs> Amazing. Pretend I, pretend I don't exist. Thanks so much, Scott. Once again, huge respect for what you do and good luck and hope your business prospers for many more years. Well, thank you very much. I, and I just want to say thank you to you again for, uh, for having me. It's really, uh, it's really been a pleasure. Thanks again and have a wonderful rest of your week. Okay, you too. Goodbye, Jane. Thanks for listening. If you found the episode useful, please spread the word about this new show on Twitter, mentioning Userlist, or leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs>